Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for October 18, 2019. I am Michael Obeah. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, a plan in which he intends to have with, it, with him some to govern on earth in the not too distant future in the government that he shall establish here on earth. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe, and to hit the bell icon or the subscribe button at the bottom there so you can get notified anytime we upload new videos. I also encourage you to go to our website, templeoftruth.us, and also to patreon.com, where you have the opportunity to support us if you want to. Um, so if you go to patreon.com, you look for the handle Emerging Temple, and you'll be able to support us there. Also, please feel free to visit our website, www.templeoftruth.us, where you can also give anything to donate to help, you know, in the propagation of this work. All right, today is going to be part two of um, something we began, a subject we started talking about yesterday. And it's on this question of tithing, whether tithing um, is something for this time. And we, we started off yesterday by saying it is not, that tithing is not required and that um, the tithing based on the Levitical priesthood um, went out with the old order when Jesus instituted the new. We said the reason there's a controversy is that even before the um, old order of Moses, um, the Levitical priesthood was initiated, that Abraham had paid tithes um, to Melchizedek, and we know that the law had not been instituted then. And so if Abraham could pay tithes then, well, why can't we pay tithes now? And so we said the reason there's a big difference between Abraham's time and our time is that by Abraham's time, the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ hadn't come to die for our sins and to purchase us as his own possession, which meant everything we believe that we own actually belonged to Jesus Christ. So to take 10% of what is his and give to him is ludicrous, okay? So it was pretty simple. There's nobody can argue with that. It's either you've given your life to Christ or you haven't given your life to Christ. And if you've given your life to Christ, what is of more value than your life? Obviously not your money, not your farm, not any of these things. So the things that we do own, we declare them to be things held in trust for Jesus Christ. And whether it's money, whether it is land, whatever it is, we are managers, we are stewards of God's um, own property, okay? So today I thought we should do a little more in-depth study on tithing because we also said that on a spiritual level, tithing from the Old Testament is indicating to something more substantial. We read where in the book of Hebrews where it said that the law was a shadow of things to come. And we said, okay, what was tithing a shadow of? We said tithing was a shadow of a people who were separate and distinct and set apart from God, and that these people are the tithe. So we're going to begin today with the book of Matthew, uh, the 13th chapter, and we're going to see what Jesus talks about people and the harvest. Okay, so let's go to our Bibles. We'll go to book of Matthew, we want to look for chapter 13, and um, 
We'll read from verse 36, Matthew chapter 13 from verse 36. It says, Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. This parable about the tares of the field explained to us exactly what it means. Okay? And Jesus answered and said unto them, He that sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world or the earth. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, and the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the messengers. Okay? By angels here, it's not just talking about the angels in the sky. The word angels here just simply means messengers. It means those who take the gospel out and bring it to you and I. Okay? Verse 40. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, messengers, ministers, preachers. Remember that. And they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous shall shine forth as a sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So you see Jesus using people as a typology, typology of wheat and tares. Well, from the wheat, you got what? The tithe that you took to the temple. So you can see Jesus here referring to people as what? Wheat, as harvest. Okay, now let's look at um, the book of Deuteronomy and we'll go to chapter 26. Okay, all right, so we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 26. We'll go from verse 1 to 15. Okay, and here is where God is giving Moses instructions concerning the tithes and notice the tithes here is not just money it's also the harvest most especially things the harvest okay they didn't really have printing presses you know in the wilderness okay so let's go so deuteronomy chapter 26 from verse 1 and it shall be when thou art come in unto the land which the lord thy god giveth thee for an inheritance and possess it and dwellest therein that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth. Remember, we just saw Jesus talking about reaping the fruit of the earth. Moses is talking about it now, but are they talking about the same thing? No, Moses is speaking naturally at a lower level. Moses is speaking about the natural harvest that you and I get. But when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking metaphysically, he was speaking spiritually. That means you need to have a different faculty to understand Jesus different from what you you needed to understand moses okay all right so let's keep going verse three and thou shalt go into the priest unto the priest that shall be in those days and say unto him i profess this day unto the lord thy god that i am come unto the country which the lord swear unto our fathers for to give us okay and the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of thy god Verse 5, and thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father, that's Abraham, and he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few and became there a nation, great, mighty, and populous. Could be Jacob, but 
Abraham was the first to go there. And the Egyptians evil entreated us and afflicted us and laid upon us hard bondage. And when we cried unto the Lord God of our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked on our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. Verse 9. And he brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given unto thee and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger that is among you. When thou hast made an end of tithing all the tithes of thine increase the third year, which is the year of tithing, and has given it unto the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, that they may eat within thy gates and be filled, then thou shalt say before the Lord thy God, I have brought away the hallowed things out of mine house, and also have given them unto the Levite and unto the stranger, to the fatherless, to the widow, according to all thy commandments, which thou hast commanded me. I have not transgressed thy commandments, neither have I forgotten them. I have not eaten thereof in my morning, neither have I taken away aught thereof for any unclean use, nor given aught. I'm, I'm going to stop here, okay? I'm going to stop here. You can basically see what's going on here. God said, when you go into the promised land and you get the blessings from God, you will take a tithe of the increase of God and say, God has blessed me with this and I'm giving a tithe so it can be used for the fatherless, for the widows, for the Levites who serve as priests for God, etc. Okay? Why are you giving God 10%? You're giving God 10% because he hasn't yet died for your sins. Okay? So you're giving a tithe and if you want to do, give an offering. with us, it's a totally different thing. Jesus saw a woman in the temple give a little money, and next to her were very rich people giving lots of money. And Jesus told his, his disciples, he said, look, that woman gave more than those people. And they go, Master, how can that be? Look, she only gave a penny. And Jesus said, she gave all that she had. Okay? So what now we're in the realm of the spirit. It's no longer by numerics. It's no longer by natural senses which the bible calls the flesh okay and we're going to see how god says worshiping him or relating with him based on our senses based on the flesh is not suitable for him he, he doesn't he doesn't he, he doesn't accept that he wants us to worship him in spirit now to continue let's first look at god's perspective on the law what does god think about the law Okay, you are going to find that God says that those who come to him, trying to relate with him based on the law, are unacceptable to him. Okay, so let's begin. Uh, we'll, we'll begin from the book of Romans, um, chapter 4. You know what? Let's do the book of 1 Corinthians. Let's do 1 Corinthians, um, chapter 15. Okay, so 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, from verse 56 to 58. Okay, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. Now listen, it says the sting of death is sin. In other words, you have death because of sin. It says, and the strength 
of sin is the law, which means what? We have sinned because of the law. Verse 57 says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So now, if this was just in isolation, I can understand why you'd be a bit confused and wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. But as we go on, it's going to become more clear to you. So you can see the Apostle Paul here say, look, the sting of death is sin. So because of sin, we have death. He said, but the strength of sin is the law. So because of the law, we have sin. Paul said somewhere, he says, I would not have known lust had the law not said, thou shalt not covet. This is in the Bible. Okay? So you need to understand, when you begin to want to follow the law, you need to know what you're trying to do to yourself. Okay? You need to have a relationship, not a, not a legalism with God. Okay? So now, come on, let's go to the book of Romans. All right? And we're going to look at Romans chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. Romans chapter 6, verse 10 to 14. Romans chapter 7, verse 4 to 6. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 to 11. So basically from Romans chapter 7, verse 4 to 11. Okay? Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. I'm going to say that again because we might not have enough time to go through all of them. So I'll just repeat them so you can, on your own, write them down and, you know, look them up afterwards or while I speak. So we're going to go now to Romans chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. Romans chapter 6, verse 10 to 14. Romans chapter 7, verse 4 to 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to 8. Okay? So let's go. All right. Romans chapter 4. Let's start there. Romans chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. It says, For the promise that he, this is Abraham, should be the heir of the world, was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but by the righteousness of faith. In other words, Abraham and his descendants would not get the kingdom of God, what God had promised, through the law, but they would be able to get it through faith. Verse 14, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. So he's saying, if through observance of the law, we're going to be able to get anything from God, then faith is useless. We might as well just earn whatever we need to earn from God. Verse 15, because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no sin. I'll repeat that. Verse 15, because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. That is why Jesus came and the Bible says he nailed the ordinances that were against us on the cross and set us free to relate with God going forward based on a relationship. Okay, so we want to take a look now at um, Romans chapter 6, verse 10 to 14. Okay. Take a look at Romans chapter 6 verse 10 to 14. So if you have a, a Bible there, I'd like you to, you know, read with me, unless if, if you can't see this, especially if you're using like a small phone or something to listen, okay? You can have a Bible out, okay? 
So let's read Romans chapter 6, verse 10 to 14. It says, For in that he died, this is Jesus, for in that Jesus died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. What does this mean? It means Jesus lives now by the power of God, okay? Verse 11, likewise, reckon ye yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey, the, obey it in the lusts thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of the righteousness of God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. This, friends, we cannot overemphasize this. Okay? Verse 15, uh, verse 14 again says, The reason sin cannot hold you or will not hold you is because you have a consciousness that you are not under law but under grace but those who have a consciousness of being under the law who feel oh i better pay 10 percent of what i make they're not under grace they're under law okay and if they don't know any better god doesn't hold that against them but for those who know better but think by using that, they can get funds from people that the people wouldn't have ordinarily given? Well, that's a sin. That's, that's, and that's what the Bible refers to it as, okay? So let's look at um, Romans chapter seven, verse four to six, okay? Romans chapter seven, verse four to six. All right, I told you this is going to be a lot of Bible study today, okay? It says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, okay? That ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we, brought, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So once we're married to the law, or we're no longer married to the law, we're now married to the living body of Christ. Verse 5, For when we were in the flesh... Notice this now, when you hear in the flesh, don't think about party out in the world, immorality. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about when we're walking in the law. That's what it means. For when we were in the flesh, in the law, thinking like in the law, the motions of sin, which were by the law, in other words, the law causes us to sin. I mean, I can't, the Bible can't be any more clear. The Bible can't be any more clear. Verse 5, but when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Verse 6, but now we are delivered what? Oh my God, we are delivered from the law. That being dead, wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Okay, not in the oldness of the law. All right? We've seen it again, okay? We've seen it again. Let, me, let us look at that. Verse 5 says, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, you know, they were caused by the law, just like we've already read in two or three places. I should be able to stop here and not have to read any more to convince us 
to begin to relax and flow with God and those aspects of our lives that God is not pleased with, God will be able to work through his spirit and bring us to that point. We're not saying, look, just go ahead and live anyhow. No, we're saying because you have Jesus now, because you have the Holy Spirit now, you don't want to be an unclean person. You don't want to be. You have a new nature, okay? It's like trying to teach a dog how to bark. It's unnecessary, okay? Now, if it's a baby dog and it's barking, and eep, 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 but it's still barking by nature. And you have to understand when you receive Christ, you receive the new nature. When you receive Christ and the Holy Ghost, you receive power to exhibit the new nature. Nobody needs to knock you over the head. You want to be like what Jesus said you should be. You want to be like what God said you should be. It's your nature. You're like God now. Okay? God doesn't have to come trying to make you be like God. But you know why you're struggling? You're struggling because somebody is making you do things based on the law. And that has ramifications beyond just that thing. Because it makes you no longer prompted by the Holy Ghost. It makes you pulled by men. And what does that do? It provokes the sinful nature in you. And that's what you've read. Come on, let's let's go, let's go, let's go further. Let's go further. Okay, I don't want to use up too much time. Okay. okay. So we're gonna continue now from verse seven. Okay. Romans chapter seven from verse seven. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Okay, so what is Mike saying? Is Mike saying the law is sin? No. Said God forbid. No. Now, why did Paul have to say this if what I've said was any different from what he was saying? Okay. He said, look, Paul is saying, I don't want you guys to misunderstand me. I'm not saying the law is sin. He says, no, but he said, nay, but I had not known sin. I would not have known sin, but by the law. Let me say that one more time. Said, no, the law is good, but if not for the law, I wouldn't have known sin. If God hadn't told Adam and Eve, don't eat of this fruit, they would still be alive today. It wasn't the fruit that was bad. It was the fact that God said, don't eat it, and they did. Okay? They wouldn't have had a consciousness of sin had they not known that God said, don't do something. Now, Jesus has come and taken away all the law and kept just one. And he called it, love your brother. That's it. Love your sister. Okay? That's the only commandment now. We have no other commandment. That's the only thing. Okay? All right. So I don't want to waste too much time, sorry. Okay, I'll read verse seven again. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, no. I would not have known sin, but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. I will, he says, I wouldn't have known what it is to lust after somebody or lust after something if there wasn't a law that said, thou shalt not lust, thou shalt not covet. Has anybody taught you this before? This is the first time hearing this, and you're a Christian, and you go to church, you're trying to make it to the kingdom. Verse 8, but sin, taking 
opportunity, say taking occasion, taking opportunity of the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Okay? For without the law, sin was dead. I'll read that again. Verse 8, for without the law, sin was dead. Verse 9, for I was alive without law once, but when the commandment law came, sin revived and I died. Verse 10, and the commandment, which was supposed to be for life, I found to be unto death. For sin, taking opportunity by the law, by the commandment, deceived me and by it slew me. So when somebody's telling you, you must pay tithes. But guess what? You got to pay tithes of everything, not just money. If you get a new car, man, maybe you got to go buy, you know, five wheels and give to God or something. It's ridiculous. Okay? It's ridiculous. Okay? You're no longer under law. You're free. And you know what? Because of the love of God that you now have in your heart, you want to give way more than 10%. You want to give everything. And you understand that you're actually owning everything you own belongs to God. Okay? So go to Romans chapter 8. Okay? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. There's been a lot of study tonight. Okay? Um, this is going to be the last, you know, book we're going to look at. And hopefully there'll be enough time for me to kind of talk a little bit and to kind of um, wrap things up. Okay, so Romans chapter 8, we're going to go from verse 1 to 8. It says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the law. Notice you see it says flesh here. I keep telling you flesh here is talking about law. Okay, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is just the Old Testament laws. Is all the thou shalt not. Is all the thou shalt not. Think about this. On the day Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, 3,000 people got killed. On the day Jesus sent the Holy Ghost, 3,000 people got born again, got saved. You think that's a coincidence or a secret message from on high? Said the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That means those of us who are not walking in the law. Now, if he was talking flesh here, those who are you know, living unrighteously, that, that, that's obvious. He wouldn't have to write all this. Everybody knows that. A 10-year-old knows that. He's talking about those people who are over-hyper-religious. Okay? They're hyper-religious, hyper-judgmental. You know? You didn't pay your tithes. You were not there for morning prayers. You were not there for this. You didn't do this. You didn't go on evangelism on Saturday afternoon. Okay? You're supposed to do all these things because you love God. Huh? These things are not supposed to be a burden. God is the one who's supposed to be telling you, okay, okay, thanks, okay, it's enough, it's enough, it's enough. All right, appreciate it. Okay? All right. What verse are we in? Verse 5. For He said, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritual minded is life and peace. Now, verse six here, you've read this your whole life, and you think it's talking about people out in the world, in the, in the, in the, in the pubs getting drunk. No, it's not talking about that. To be carnally minded is to be relating with God based on law, based on legalism. You're seeing it right here. Verse seven, it said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Well, the Bible doesn't have to tell you that if it's talking about people in a restaurant, in a, not restaurant, in a bar, getting drunk and doing all kinds of things. It's telling you that because you're looking at these people, huh, toting the Bible up and down, okay, acting like they're, you know, they came from, you know, from heaven. And you're thinking, oh, there's something super spiritual about this. There's nothing spiritual about that. They're in legalism. Don't get yourself caught up in all of that. You've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've got the dynamite inside of you. You've got the power inside of you to be what God wants you to be. Okay? Verse 7 says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. That's verse 8. Why would it tell you they that are in the flesh cannot please God? Okay, if it was talking about people who are out in the world sinning. It's talking about people who are trying to please God. <laughs> okay? It's talking about people who are trying to please God. Don't get carried away with that. Okay? So, if you're a young Christian or you're not mature and you've been doing the best, I don't want to put any kind of condemnation on you. You've been paying tithes and, you know, you, you were doing what you, what you knew. But now God wants you to repent from all of that. Okay? And if you're more mature and you knew better, but you went along just to get along, well, you need to repent. You need to, you need to stop that. Okay? Collecting money from people in the name of God as God's commandment has to be something that God expressly commanded you to do. We don't have any Levites. And we certainly have no priests who are Levites. We operate under a different order, under the order of Melchizedek, under a different priesthood. And the tithe that God is looking for is a people who he will harvest from the earth, the government that shall rule with him in the end of time. And right now he has sent his angels out, his messengers, those that are bringing us the word, to bring these people into the barn and by their word to separate those who ought not to be inside. So there's a separation going on right now. And make certain that you're one of those that is taken into the barn and not taken out for destruction. Because he said, let them grow together until the end. And at the end, I will separate them. There's a separation going on right now. Please friends, I wanna encourage you, okay? If you have not taken the time Talk to the Lord Jesus Christ and ask for forgiveness and say, oh God, forgive me. I know I've been a sinner. I know I've done wrong. But now I want you to come into my life and make me a new person, new creature, new creation. I believe in my heart that you died for me. And I will say to everybody that you rose up from the dead. And because of you, I'm saved. Make me a new person. If you've never said that, not in these particular words. But if you've never said that, you can do that right now. You don't have to go anywhere. You can do that right now in your bedroom, in your living room, wherever, in your car. And I promise you, if you drop dead right now, you're going straight to heaven because you repented sincerely and God came into your life to make you a new person. Okay? So I, I want to encourage you, 
continue studying, continue sharing our videos. Remember what I said. Share these videos with your family and friends. Don't just watch it and then forget about it. Spread it, okay? If you're spreading it, you're one of the messengers. You're one of the angels sending the word out, okay? I can't emphasize that enough, all right? So please share our videos, subscribe to our channels, and support our work, okay? Go to patreon.com and look for the handle Emerging Temple. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you've been blessed by this. And go to the um, comment section of our YouTube page and put questions, put comments, chat with other people, and let's see where this goes. And let's see how we are able to you know, bring people out of darkness and into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ. Thank you so very much. God bless you.